Hello, hi, all you donkeys and donuts, and welcome to a very special Halloween edition of Psychocinematic. Today, we will be covering Tales of Halloween, and it is rated R, which means it's fucking raw. Without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, big boy? I won't put you through any more of that accent. And as always, spoilers ahead. So starting right off with the intro, I thought it was pretty creative, but also pretty corny at the same time. And this whole movie is kind of creative and corny. So that's fitting. The pop-up style intro kind of showing all the 10 stories that are going to be unfolding was cool. But the like straight up act after effects CC lightning and they didn't even like change the color or anything. Yikes. So during this first story on the TV, I believe that is Night of the Living Dead on the TV. I saw that on IMDb. I actually haven't watched the 1968 Night of the Living Dead myself, but that's something that I've kind of learned throughout this entire movie that has a lot of Halloween Easter eggs and, you know, it kind of pays homage to especially John Carpenter, but a lot of Halloween things in general, I just haven't seen a lot of the absolute Halloween classics. And so if I had to watch one movie that is like the quintessential Halloween classic film, please let me know what it is down in the comments. Cause I haven't seen films like Evil Dead and even some of the original Halloween franchise films I haven't seen. I've seen a couple of them, but you know, so long ago, I don't even remember. So maybe I should just rewatch that whole thing. I don't know, but let me know down in the comments so I know what I should watch. So when I talk about the John Carpenter Easter eggs, I, I caught some of these and then I also saw some of them on IMDb. But for example, when Mikey leaves a candy bar out for the monster, it's just called Carpenters. And I was like, I am pretty sure that's not a real candy bar, but I don't really eat that much candy. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. This fucking pencil, man. Fucking hell. My ears are already being opened up a little bit with this wig, so trying to stick this pencil in is very frustrating. So I've never seen John Carpenter's Escape from New York or Escape from LA, but apparently one of the trick-or-treaters in that first story is dressed like the main character Snake, Kurt Russell's character. And then also the radio host for this entire anthology is also the woman on the radio in The Fog. So anyways, Night of the Living Dead is on the TV and it's showing a person eat meat right off the bone. And then it likens it to Mikey, the kid who is just downing candy right then and there. So between Night of the Living Dead and Mikey, they both look ravenous. And then it's also a little bit of foreshadowing for when we see the story of Sweet Tooth and the kid Timmy who is just eating candy out of his parents' stomachs. I think I'd be pretty traumatized as a kid if I came downstairs and my parents were doing the dirty deed all over my candy and using the candy like it's some freaking prop for their little sexcapade. It's fucked up. Now, I'm not saying they deserve to die like that, but it deserves something. So when this first story ends, Mikey's just sitting there with the dead babysitter and the dead boyfriend of the babysitter. He says something like, they ate all of my candy. And I started to think maybe the original boy that the Sweet Tooth story came from, Timmy, maybe he didn't actually turn into Sweet Tooth and maybe he was just framed. But then I noticed that Sweet Tooth was wearing the same child's costume as Timmy. So Timmy is just out here ruining the lives of all the kids who are kind enough to share some candy with them. How fucked is that? Now we're on to the second story, which I think was probably the darkest of the stories in this anthology. So this story had a similar theme that they're playing on of older kids being mean to younger kids. The first story was, you know, sharing a scary story, which maybe ended up saving 
Mikey's life, but that's beside the point. The second story, they're peer pressuring him to egg a house. And holy fuck, he must have egged the literal devil's house, or attempted to egg, rather. And if you've seen this movie, you too probably thought that this little kid in the devil suit was actually just so quickly being convinced to commit all these crimes. I've got a list of them. Murder, arson, assault, robbery, grand theft auto, defacing property, all this stuff. And even the, the setting the bag on fire and when the person goes to stomp it out and it's a freaking bear trap. Holy shit, that's dark. Uh, you know, I was glad to see that it wasn't actually the little kid, but then I was like, oh my God, that is dark. He said that he was going to like teach him what a real prank was. And now this kid's life is ruined. And then I think there were some gunshots at the very end. So he might have even died. Ouch. That's fucked. This third story, we've got adults, you know, kind of getting drunk, getting high on Halloween and handing out candy. And they're talking about why are there so many pirates around here? And oh, maybe they don't have an eye, which turns out they, for some reason, are operating on children and taking their eye and sometimes their teeth and I guess setting them free into the neighborhood. I don't understand that whole part, but there's a band of trick-or-treaters who kill them all and get some vengeance. But what's interesting about all this is, so you constantly see pirate trick-or-treaters throughout here and whether or not they only have one eye, we don't know. But then we also see these trick-or-treaters who exact this vengeance, they go to Hansel and the witch's place and maybe that's how they get this, you know, evil rage within them to go and exact the vengeance or maybe they were friends with some of the pirates that lost their eyes, I'm not sure. But you also see trick-or-treating at Hansel and the witch's house, the demon child who was kidnapped from the millionaire, who might also be the kid who is hanging out with the devil who frames the kid from the second story. Sorry, they don't say a lot of these names, and if they did, I, I completely missed them. And so you're seeing how strangely connected this entire town is and all these evil stories that are going on. What I don't understand, though, is in that kidnapping story, the father figure, you know, like walks the kid out of the house, but he was already trick-or-treating and this is supposed to be the same night. So I don't know, maybe he trick-or-treated, came back. I don't know if that's like a flaw or if maybe that's not even the same person, who knows? Okay, this fourth story about summoning the demon to fight off these kids that burned down your trailer and killed your father, it's Karate Kid. The, the story is Karate Kid. He's literally being bullied on Halloween and these kids have these bicycles instead of dirt bikes and chase them down. But then there's that same Karate Kid shot where it shows the bikes up on the hill as this kid is running away. And then there's the same Karate Kid shot where he comes up to a fence and then has to hop it. Anyway, Mr. Miyagi turns out to be the demon. Now on to the fifth story about the ghost who doesn't want to be looked at. It was probably my least favorite story, even though it had that same actress from Insidious. She's a really good actress, but there was one thing that I did like about this story though. They, for no apparent reason, take absolute shots at a Dodge Challenger. Cause the woman who was hosting the Halloween party is like, oh, you're still driving that piece of crap or something like that. It's 2015. The first year that this body style of Challenger came out is 2008. So at the max, this car is only seven years old. How is it such a piece of crap? I don't understand this. And it even breaks down later. Someone hated Dodge Challengers. I, I, I thought that was really funny. And then the sixth story. I already covered a little bit of how 
Hansel and the witch are seeing a lot of these trick-or-treaters from the other stories. Uh, but yeah, Hansel gets a vasectomy because the witch is just literally abusive and crazy and a witch with forearms. So yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't really like this one that much either. This seventh story was kind of interesting because these two neighbors compete to build out the most festive Halloween front yards, but it's not a competition as in who can do it better. It's more like traditional Halloween versus this new era Halloween. I was looking at IMDb and they were talking about how it could be symbolic for the traditional Halloween with ghosts and werewolves, vampires, that kind of stuff versus the new age Halloween, everything like 1980s movies and back, which are like slashers and so on. So you see that embodied in their decorations but what i think because this movie clearly is obsessed and like just loves john carpenter and you know he's a goat i think it could be comparing the original halloween films with like the reboots because the other neighbor with all the the metal music and the body part decorations and all of that craziness seems a lot like rob zombie so i could see them symbolizing that as well and it still works when you say old halloween versus new halloween the eighth story dorothy is not in kansas anymore this one was probably the most fun it's funny because it wasn't incredibly ridiculous until the jason Voorhees type monster threw the spear thing like a javelin toss and it looks super corny and then a ufo shows up and lightning coming out of the ufo that looks super corny but then it really is intended to be corny because now we've got this claymation alien who possesses dorothy after she's dead and i think the moral of the story is it doesn't matter how scary your jason Voorhees like slasher is aliens will always win and they are way scarier <laughs> Now that ninth story I already kind of touched on, but this, this story was pretty funny. The fact that they took the idea of kidnapping a rich person's kid, thinking that they're going to get some ransom money, and now they're, they're begging to give this kid back. It's pretty dark. Now the final story with the jack-o'-lantern that comes to life. And I like this story because we get to see it from the cop's point of view, how everything in this town just shits hitting the fan. And it was so funny when they show the suspect's illustration. It looks like a fucking child drew it. That was hilarious. So overall, Tales of Halloween, I think was a mostly good movie. There was a couple stories in there that I didn't find that fun to watch, but I do think that this movie would be overall fun to watch with your friends while you're like handing out candy on Halloween. And because it's very low commitment and every story ranges from probably seven to 12 minutes, it, you, you can kind of tune in and tune out if you're busy. If you get up to hand out candy, the next story is going to be starting and then you can watch that one instead. And that's all I have for you guys today on this episode of Psycho Cinematic. I hope you enjoyed this Halloween episode and my ridiculous Gordon Ramsay costume and I'll see you in the next one.